Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy hump day. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Oh, a lot of stuff going on. Holy smokes. I don't know where to begin. First of all, I don't, I don't know whether you heard this or not, but um, supposedly there was an attempt to assassinate Russian President Vladimir Putin with a killer drone. But the drone crashed short of the uh, of the target. Uh, don't you hate when that happens? Uh, but it, it, missed, it was a good Maxwell size. Maxwell Smart somewhere going, missed yeah, it by, by that, that much. much. <laughs> exactly. But they show pictures of it on the internet. It's uh, a good size, uh, they said drone, but it really looks like a model airplane. Mm-hmm. And inside was uh, explosives. And they had planned to blow up Putin, but... They didn't make it, so... Well, now, here's a question for you. If they plan to blow up Putin, who is, quote-unquote, they? Was it Zelensky, the Ukraine? They think it was the Ukraine, because some people in the Ukraine are taking credit for it. We did that, and we'll try it again sometime soon. Was it backed up by the United States? Everything in the Ukraine is backed up by the United States. Everything. I mean... They have so much money. I was thinking last night as I was trying to drift off into into sleep, you know. Um, We've given the Ukraine how much? Like $100 billion or some ridiculous. Over $100 billion. Yes. And I was thinking about President Trump fighting desperately like six years ago to get $4 billion from the Democrats to finish the wall. Four mm-hmm. billion, and they wouldn't give it to him. He had to get it from another source. I think he got it from the Defense Department budget or something like that. But they they dragged their feet, and they really made it difficult for him to finish the wall. And they're throwing money at Zelensky like uh, they can't print it fast enough. Well, you know? it's funny you mentioned Zelensky because he's scolding, lecturing the U.S. now. On the uh, Ukrainian document leaks, all right? And Mm -hmm. uh, Zelensky says that uh, the leaks, I thought this was an interesting choice of words. Maybe it's just me. He says, they were very unprofitable for us. And makes makes Biden look bad. Now, I'm sitting there going, Hmm. well, Biden doesn't need any help to look bad. He just looks bad. But (laughs) it's unprofitable for the Ukraine. Are you using this as a tool to goad us into giving you more money? (laughs) Unprofitable. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, I mean, how would you take that? How would you explain? Well, you know, those, those leaks, man, they're unprofitable to us. Well, really? De- de- explain and define what's profitable, profitable about the war, except you getting more military hardware, more new sophisticated hardware. Now what? You want to pick on us? Hey, hey, don't pick on us. Don't don't upset us because you gave us all this money and these weapons, and we're yeah. not afraid to throw it back at you. You know, what's interesting is that I'm getting all these mixed signals from the media about what's happening in uh, the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. First, for example, this is uh, headlines from, from last night. Uh, signs point to the Ukraine victory sooner than critics think. This is one of the headlines. Uh, McCarthy rips Russian reporter questioning U.S. aid to the Ukraine. Uh, and uh, another one, uh, Ukraine has killed 20,000 Russian fighters in just five months as the U.S. reveals stunning death toll. Now, these are the headlines coming out from our side, supposedly, right? 
But now, then I hear from the other side that the Ukraine is in a desperate situation. Um, the Russians in some of the cities have surrounded the Ukraine forces, and they're in trouble. I saw what looked like a video of the Russian soldiers, the you know the the tanks and stuff around mm. a city. I can't remember the name of the city, and they were in a hard hard spot. You know, they really were the Ukrainians. But you don't hear that, and you wonder who's telling the truth. I mean, I I got a feeling we're not getting the straight story. I guess when you're taking all this money from the American people, you've got to make it sound like it's a good investment. So right, there's a story that's uh, propagating right now as we speak, uh, where apparently uh, now you know one of the big problems for the war is munitions, but munitions are going to the Ukraine. They're getting mm -hmm. artillery shells from different places, and they're all there. Uh, what just got blown up a few hours ago in uh, the Ukraine? A military uh, ammunition depot. <laughs> Okay, that doesn't surprise me. That means we'll have to get them some more ammunition. Yeah, you know, well, see, you know, there's that unprofitability word again. So, Let's see if I got this right. We are noticeably short on ammunition for our own troops. Seriously, folks. Right. Big time. We, we are short on, on artillery shells, on ammunition for the rifles. I mean, we're, we're short. And generals will tell you. Um, then we're short on fuel. Now, the fuel prices are going up again. Only mm -hmm. this time, this time, the administration can't go to the reserve and tap Strong. the reserve because the reserve is in China now. All of that nice fuel that was in the reserve that President Trump had stored for our use, most of that stuff now is uh, over in tanks in China, thanks to Joe Robinette Biden. But the Democrats are saying it's unfair to look at his finances because, you know, he's made money on everything that he's touched or destroyed. Don't tell me for one damn minute that he didn't make a profit in his own personal pocket off of our oil that he sold to China because, mm -hmm. you know, damn good and well, he did. Yeah, it, it is um, a sorry situation, you know, and he has the audacity to get out there and talk like he's done some wonderful work for our country. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of a blessed thing, folks. You voted well, for, If you voted for Biden, I would appreciate you maybe send me an email. Here's what Joe Biden has done for our country. I'd love to know. Uh, you could email us at... Uh, well, you can give me the address, Bill. What's the email address? Uh, it's uh, mail at itsanotherday.com. I was just looking here. I mean, we, you know, the federal deficit decreased mm -hmm. by $550 billion. Um, it reduced the deficit by $1.4 trillion, the largest one-year deficit drop in American history. Now you're going, Bill, that's not true. Yeah, it's not. Well, Wait a it second. kind of is, and it Bill, kind of is. And here's, Bill, that's okay. not true. Well, it depends on how you slice this cake, because see, that that, that is actually um, the um, the end of all the, uh, the uh, pandemic relief, the emergency relief. Yeah. When that expired, 
We did save a bunch of money, like $320 billion. But it really, it really wasn't an actual, it was like money that was designated to be given away for the pandemic. And now we don't have to give it away anymore. You know, right. But he's taking credit that he saved that money. It was his, by God, good intentions. Well, actually, his intentions were, if you remember, before he even got elected president, if he legitimately did get elected president, yeah, I said that, is that he was driving that bus. You can picture Joe driving yeah. the bus with his head out the window. Yeah! <laughs> well, he's driving that mad bus, and that bus was the pandemic bus because, you know, the Democrats used the pandemic they hammered Trump, and uh, probably, you know, uh, there probably were some mistakes that were made by Trump during the pandemic that anybody would have made. But the point is, is the Demetra Democrats, trats, yeah, the Democrats had their foot on the gas pedal all the way down. Oh, sure. Driving that bus, and they crashed the gates. Well, you know, we know uh, as a fact that Trump would have, uh, he would have ended the pandemic long before the Democrats did. Long before it. I mean, he, he came out after he had left the presidency and said, enough of the lockdowns. Stop it. You know, th th this is crazy. But the Democrats just kept, like you said, their foot on the gas pedal. Well, what is that medicine that people t uh, took? But they also, uh, they used it for, it goes back, it only costs like 12 cents a dose. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, ivermectin? They, it's even used. Ivermectin. Yeah, they, so they used to, he was going to do that. He goes, it works. It's been proven to work. Sure. And there were doctors claiming it, but the Democrats said, that's voodoo uh, doctrine there. You, yeah. know, you can't do that stuff. No, 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 no. And then after Joe gets in, well, you know, there's a lot of hope in ivermectin. What? Yeah. You use that as a campaign thing to sit there and say, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. And here's what you got to do. And then once you get in, well, you know, we got to get get a handle on this and this is what we propose to do they take they take it and, and the media so much. The, the media was a co-conspirator yeah they sold it they said do you remember when they said it's a horse medicine they use it, the veterinarians yeah. use it well that was one of the things that they you know one of the uses was for uh, horses and stuff like that but it was also used for people a lot of medicines are crossover medicines can be used in animals mm -hmm. and in people. But what they tried to do is make it sound like it was exclusively a horse medicine and why are we taking this stuff? It, when in reality, everybody who took ivermectin said it works and it works fast. You know, there are a lot of things, you know, that, you know, we're living, breathing creatures. Animals are living, breathing creatures. So it makes sense that what is good for us is good for them, you know? Yeah. I mean, you sit there at a picnic and you're eating your hamburger and the dog's up there, you know, begging, yeah, sure, have some, you know, have some of the hamburger. Or when you're not looking, the dog steals, you know, a hamburger <laughs> patty off the grill. Yeah. Point is, there's a lot of crossover commonality between foods and medicine. The dog gets sick, he starts eating grass. Well, we don't go and eat grass, but some biologists will come there and extract what's in that grass to sit there and give to us because it's got pharmaceutical values to all living creatures. No, I think that uh, ivermectin, the problem with ivermectin was, I think they said it was four, four cents a dose. See, it's been around since like 1955. So they've got, oh, yeah. they've got it's, it's easy, easy to make, it's cheap. The pharmaceutical companies couldn't make a profit. 
Right. Well, we can't make a profit on a four cent per dose uh, ivermectin, but you know we can make a profit on this new thing that we've just developed. That, mm -hmm. by the way, it works initially, and for a lot of people, is a rebound of the COVID. You know, you've heard about they give it to you. I won't. I won't name. I won't name the uh, the drug because I don't want us to be in any kind of trouble because you know they may they may figure we're being uh, we're picking on them. And we do have an audience, folks. Uh, so uh, I can tell you that if you have a choice and if you can take ivermectin, if you have COVID, you might want to try it because I haven't heard anybody say it doesn't work. <laughs> Generally know? speaking, if you bring it up to your doctor, yeah, I can get that for you. And yeah. Say, yeah, I can get that for you. He'll say it that way. Whereas That's when you right. come in to the hospital, uh, have you had your COVID uh, shots yet? I'm a non-vaxxer. Would you like to have your COVID shots? No. No, I'm a non-vaxxer. And then in a soft voice, you know, the nurse will come back. She goes, I Good get you. it. You know. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, <clears throat> look, it's no secret. I, I was late doing the show yesterday. Hmm. I was in for a procedure. I had a, a, a thing crop up uh, about five or six weeks ago, and I was kind of worried because, you know, it was a life-threatening thing for me, and I had to go get a procedure done, and boom. I am as happy as can be. And no, I don't have anything artificial or implanted. It was just, you know. Oh, shucks. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. They had to, yeah, they, well, you know, except for these bolts in my neck, you know, and they, you know, they brought a battery in and yes. they, they hooked these clips to my neck. It was, it was a little electrifying, <laughs> but I got through it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you should have seen them do that, folks. Um, I heard more just acted it out. <laughs> But you know, I think I think I read where was it President Trump was given ivermectin and it worked for him. I, yeah, I, he I, did I, it. I know that guys like uh I think Jeffrey Cooner, I think, got ivermectin. Uh I know a friend yeah. a friend of mine locally got COVID and he got ivermectin and he said to me, Look at if you have a problem getting it, I can get it for you. He said yeah. it's fabulous. So yeah. All it I can pretty tell much you. kicks in right away within hours. You're like, hey, yeah, I feel pretty good now. Um, Look at me, I'm a rock star. Yeah, I, I do think a lot of people feel as I do, like we were initially uh, duped into taking this uh, this vaccine. I think they're getting ready to dupe you again. I mean, I think they're coming out with they're 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 laying the groundwork. You know, there's something in the air about oh, there's another, you know, there's another even worse pandemic. Why you haven't really got the formula down yet for it. You're working on it. As soon as you, as soon as the lab rele uh, releases it, you're going to leak it all over the place. Well, you know, when it's yeah. going to come out, it's uh, going to come out just before the elections. So they have to put mail-in ballots in, in play again so that they can cheat just like they did in 2020. Oh, what a coincidence. I know. What if China was in on the, Steal of the election. And what if the balloons that have been floating around forever was releasing the virus in the air? Well, it's a distinct possibility. I was just reading. I mean, that's a big, you know, you know what and, if. And but. you, you got to love our Defense Department. They come out and say, oh, yeah, there's a balloon that's floating around. It has been for a week or so, but there's nothing to worry about. Don't worry about it. It's not a threat. Well, you know, they said the exact same thing uh, when the other balloon was spotted about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Here's what it says. Uh, China's spy balloon previously spotted over continental U.S. It says the Pentagon claims 
the mysterious balloon spotted near Hawaii this week is not China's. My question is, how do they know? Well, has anybody the same has anybody gone up to the balloon and really got up close and personal? I don't think so. The balloon is supposedly a weather instrument and not a surveillance of apparatus. That's exactly what they said about the one that came across through Canada and down through the heart of our country and, and went out to sea over uh, the waters of South Carolina. Uh, it says the balloon is currently drifting near Mexico. That's what really? they say. But in, they let it go for over a week, friends. Let's say hypothetically it came across, let's say it came across from Hawaii into California and then went down through Nevada, you know, and Arizona. There's a lot of air bases that, I mean, there's a lot of testing grounds. What, what Area 51 is down in that area? In ne what, well, Nevada? Well, you've got that. Now, if, the, if, it's, if it's there to uh, do surveillance, yeah, there's so many strategic areas that it, uh, it could have or has flown over. It's, it's mind-boggling. Do, you trust, you do you trust these people in Washington to give us the honest-to-God truth? No, no, not at all. And, you know, as far as what I said just hypothetically, you know, maybe maybe the virus was introduced to the United States and parts of the world through balloons. Well, you know, the jet streams, when you look at it, they're, you know, they're, they're predictable to a degree. Hell, you know, you got Illinois, the big traffic jam from a, a Sahara dust storm. Yeah. That somehow made it through the jet streams and then swooped down on the interstate on Illinois and caused wrecks and truck And we're taking and their word... That it's Sahara dust. We're taking well, whose word? The government's word that it's Sahara dust? Well, yeah, but my point is, if it can do that, can they sit there and map it out and say, hey, this is going to go down through key parts of the United oh, States sure. in the jet stream. Could we throw a, pa a pathogen up there and sure. let it just naturally? Don't you think with computers nowadays they can say, okay, uh, here's the, all the weather information for the last month. Uh, can you give us a, a prediction of where the weather will be for the next week or two? So if we launch a weather balloon in uh, Shanghai, where will that balloon end up? Well, it's going to, mm -hmm. you know, it'll cut right through the United States and end up in uh, Mexico this time. Okay, launch the balloon. You're right. Yeah, let, let it rip, man, you know, you know. You know, we're skeptical about what's happening with this administration because I, I don't think it's a matter of, of them just making mistakes. I think they're lying to us about just Absolutely. just about everything. I'm not the only one that feels this way. I don't know how I missed this. This was uh, Marco Rubio from April 11th of this year, so about uh, a little short of a month, three, about three weeks ago. This is Marco right. Rubio. Listen to this. Look, we have a world that realizes we have a president that can barely put together complete sentences, appears incoherent, oftentimes doesn't even know where he is in many cases in some of these places, that allowed spy balloons to be flown over our head, that abandoned billions of dollars of American military equipment left over into the hands of the Taliban, and spends all day talking about electric vehicles and solar panels that he knows we're going to have to buy from China. We have a justice system that indicts uh, political opponents and former presidents and leading presidential candidates, a 
justice system that infiltrates uh, sources and tries to spy on Catholic churches, but allows criminals to destroy San Francisco and Baltimore and Detroit and Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles and Manhattan, you name it. We have a military that doesn't spend its time talking about new weapon systems or how to care for veterans that are committing suicides at historic rates. They spend their time talking about transgender issues and uh, all kinds of racial disparity stuff, not defending our country. We have a media that's become a joke, a media that's wasted two and a half years of our time on a Russia collusion uh, situation. Then they moved on from that uh, to cover up the Hunter Biden situation. That's now a full-blown investigation. Our universities are a forum for crazy things to happen. You can't even speak on a university campus. People being assaulted by men uh, wearing dresses and these violent protests and shutting down speech. And, and, and our culture, what is what we focused on as a culture? We're focused on the fact that now some man pretending to be a woman gets paid millions of dollars to sell Nike sports bras and Bud Light. So the world looks at that and says, this place is a laughing stock, and they react to it. And I could go on for an hour about all the things that we are, we are being embarrassed on the world stage. Our adversaries are taking advantage of it, and our friends are saying, hey, we may have to go on on our own here because these guys look like they're about to commit societal suicide. Wow. <laughs> he nails it, doesn't he? He nails mm-hmm. it. I mean, everything he said is true. Yeah. We, we are a laughing stock right now, and it's thanks to, to Joe Biden don't think for one second that the people in Australia don't know how ridiculous Biden and his uh, cohorts uh, are acting and making us look. They know. People uh, yeah. in New Zealand, all around the world, our enemies, our friends. Yeah. Um, Laura Logan made a comment. I want to play this, too. It's a short clip. Uh, right. And she's referring to how we really should perceive what's happening on the border. It's not a matter of us uh, being invaded by uh, poor Hispanic people who aren't American. It's something different. It's something different that the left is trying to do to our country. Listen. This isn't about left and right. Do this together. That's right. It's not about left and right. And if you don't know about fifth generation warfare and sixth generation warfare and seventh generation warfare, then you have no idea where we're going. And you are walking like a lamb to the slaughter with your eyes closed. You are like those people that marched to Auschwitz and other places. That's what you are like. That's what we're doing. We're sitting literally at the gates of Auschwitz and we're arguing about whether it's climate change or is that really the ashes of human beings rising into the air. They want you to think it's about race. It's not really about race. It's diluting the pool of people that believe in what this country represents. Diluting the pool of patriots. Getting rid of people who know what the red, white, and blue stands for or who remember the Alamo. That's what it's about. Because if you dilute the pool of patriots, then step by step, you can go to regional government. And from regional government, you can go to global government. And your individual sovereignty and your national sovereignty are indistinct, in a sense. I think she nailed it. I think she Mm -hmm. nailed it. it. It's... It's exactly what they're doing, and they're doing it in our our schools, in our colleges. They're erasing our history. You, you hear stories about the fact that they're not teaching the Revolutionary War and even parts of the Civil War to the students today. You ask students about uh, Gettysburg, what happened. Most students don't know. They don't know what happened at Antietam or Bull Run. They don't know why... Uh, Robert E. Lee left the union. They don't know. 
They don't even know who Robert E. Lee is in many cases. They think he's a member of a rock band. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's sad. They're erasing our history intentionally. They're creating villains. You know, someone said two, three years ago, we didn't have a subclass uh, of uh, people who were being put out called transgenders. I mean, there may have been people who like to dress up in women's clothing, but now they've made a victim group out of those people, do you know? They've yeah, it was a joke many years ago, and everybody laughed at it, you know. It was just because you knew it, uh, it just wasn't so, you know. But now, you know, I think people want this attention. There's still a morality uh, area that people have to address. I mean, is it okay for a transgender to walk around on a G-string in front of children? Is that okay? I mean, is it okay for a transgender to flaunt his junk in front of uh, three, four, five-year-olds? Is it okay for them to talk about sexual things? I'm, I'm just saying, is it okay? Because that's what we're dealing with right now in some cases. Now, there are some people who like to do it in the privacy of their home. That's fine. That's, that's your business. You, you have friends who enjoy that? Great. Participate with them. You want to uh, you want to flaunt your stuff. Uh, you want to dance on stage in front of people who are who like that kind of thing. That's your business. Yeah, you, but around kids, I you know you're devaluing the kids, and you're basically you're taking all the worth and self esteem away from them. Saying, "Look at me, here I am in my G string." Oh, I'm really. I feel well, like th a woman. this is what this is what uh, Chelsea Clinton, for example, made a big thing about the fact that we're banning books from children's libraries. The books that they're taking out are explicitly sexual. They talk about masturbation, about having sex with each other, and they show pictures of it, maybe in some cases drawings, but enough to get the point across. And uh, she's got questions and concerns about that being pulled from the shelf. You know, when I was a kid, I don't, it was, a, uh, was it Lady Chatterley's Lover? Uh, uh, there was, there were some books the library just couldn't put on the shelves because they were inappropriate. Even when I'm talking about, this is back in the, in the early sixties when I was in school. Uh, now. What was that movie? Uh, Fahrenheit 471 whatever. or something like that? Or yeah, something. where it was about the burning of all the books, you know, and, uh, people were trying to save books and it was a crime to do so. Bill, they're trying to make it sound like Kristallnacht, which was uh, the Nazis uh, in the 30s. They had a night where they they took all the inappropriate books they didn't like, and they piled them up in, in the squares, and they burned them. Kristallnacht. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to make what's happening now an equivalent. Oh, well, you know, we're, we're burning books like the Nazis. No, no. There are certain things, you know, in our society, we've always had boundaries. Always. Yeah. Well, um, up north in uh, Salem, Boston, they're tearing up the Bible. Of course, you know, the, you know, they burn witches up there, so to speak. But, uh, you know, and they just had that big convention over the weekend, too. Yeah. Now, they were quick to say, well, you know, most, uh, most, most of the, uh, the atheists up there, 
you know, they're, they're, they don't worship the devil. I'm like going, well, they sure as hell did this past weekend, yeah. you know, yeah. and they, they spoke about it on camera and they tore up the Bible. So you tell me what they worship then. I can't find the video. I mean, I could go on That's and on. Okay. I could go on and on, but I can tell you this much. It was a video of them yelling hail, and I don't want to say it, okay? They're, they're giving praise to the devil. Let's just say that, okay? And some people say, well, it's their American right, and maybe it is. Maybe it is their American right. But, you know, I keep, I keep thinking— we were founded on Judeo-Christian values. We're a country who mm-hmm. were founded on Judeo-Christian values. We weren't founded on Judeo-Christian satanic values. So don't we really kind of have a right to say, no, you can't have that kind of thing here? We're not a country founded on those beliefs? Well, you would think we could, but I guess, you know, our freedoms allow you to worship what you want to worship. I don't know that they allow the government to uh, interfere with uh, church and state, but, you know, the FBI agents are now asking Catholic uh, churches to spy on American Christian faith. So if when you're going to church, uh, there's a chance that uh, you're being spied on by the church or the church has been asked to report Things yeah. about you, you know, and I, I that is wrong. I think we may have mentioned this, that a federal judge uh, in Pennsylvania ruled that uh, it was okay for a PA school district to host an after-school Satan club. And yeah. I think I heard where the, the judge, surprisingly, was a Trump appointee. But somebody said, you know, Trump didn't really get the chance to personally vet every single one of the judges that he put into into office because— you just can't do it. It's it's too much. You have to rely on advice from your advisors, right? And I, I think this judge made a, a mistake. Would it be okay for them to have an after-school pornography club? Well, if you're going to have a saying club, you can have a pornography club. But I'll tell you one thing you can't have, and that would be any kind of Christian club no, I forget what they were called. It yeah, was, you know, a back bi- in the Bible. 70- it was like a Bible reading club or something like that. Back in the seventies, there used to be a thing where after school they would yeah. have these. You know, they called them Jesus freaks and and stuff like that. And you know, they'd have the big fish and the Maranatha stuff there. And basically, what they did is they gathered around and they had pizza parties. And you know, kids that were wondering about God got to be introduced to some Bible scripture and, you know, taken to a little brief sermon if they wanted to go to church or, or do something like that. It was, you know, almost hippie-ish in, in the way that it was presented, but it was presented on a kid's level, and it got a lot of youth involved in the church. And, you know, would you rather them get involved in the church or get involved with the Satan club or a strip club that comes out and brings, uh, you know. You know, we've been so politically correct. And so many things over the last few years, everything has to be, you can't offend anybody. Offending anybody is cause for alarm. I mean, the the system stops down while you fix that problem. You know, when I was a kid, I was offended about a lot of things. And they they would say, tough, you know, walk it off. Exactly. Exactly. Offended. Now you can't offend anybody. Anybody gets well, offended, they can they have a grievance. 
You know, there were suicides back then, but you know what? You know what's at an epidemic proportion right now? What? You know, is youth suicide. It is growing in numbers. It's an epidemic proportions, and they don't know what to do about it. Well, I would submit it's because we're not giving them the guidance and, and the direction that they need when they're that young. Many In many cases, we're being too permissive about so much. It's okay. Pe- people need guidance, mm-hmm. especially young people need guidance. They need direction. And I think right now we have a tendency to allow young people to do what they want to do, to feel what they want to feel. And that's a mistake. If they're doing anything wrong, they're not being the teachers that they have to be, you know? We need teachers, good teachers. And that's what they're not getting in school, by the way, anymore. My wife is a teacher. My wife is a terrific teacher, has been. uh, She was a teacher for many, many years. I won't say how long because she'll hit me. No, she won't hit me. She won't hit me. But she'll beat you with a ruler. But yeah, and I'll have to sit in the corner with a dunce cap on. But um, no, she she was one of these people who really worked at her craft, at being a teacher, at helping the learning disabled to get through the fog of being learning disabled and and to see the world clearer. And mm-hmm. uh, but nowadays, teachers are politically correct. They're, in many cases, trying to sell a philosophy, a political philosophy. They'll Even in subtle comments. You know, when I was a kid, teachers didn't make subtle political comments in class. But now I think that you'll hear a teacher say, ah, that Trump, you know. Even just saying that in front of your kids can be damaging. Uh, it, 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 it presents an image to the kids. Oh, Mr. So-and-so doesn't think much of Trump, does he? He makes these little snide remarks. He may not come out and directly campaign against somebody, but just his actions demonstrate what he believes. And uh, that's the kind of thing that kids are running into right now. But when I was a kid, back in the 60s, my teachers, they didn't talk about politics. They talked about French or Latin or geometry or earth science or something like that. They didn't get into political stuff. A couple other things that uh, we should point out today. Tucker Carlson. Are you feeling Maybe bad? Maybe back. Are you feeling bad for Tucker Carlson? Don't be. Don't I be. I wouldn't. Tucker Carlson will probably end up making more money and having more control than when he was at Fox News. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. they, they removed him. He's got Fox. an offer on the table, doesn't he? Oh, it? he does indeed. Uh, he's got an offer from, uh, Valuetainment, Valuetainment, uh, and their CEO, Patrick Bet David, uh, they said that they've offered Tucker a hundred million dollars over five years and several additional perks in a tweet uh, published, uh, a short time ago. Um, here's the offer. He gets a hundred million dollars over five years, an equity stake in Valuetainment, which is a new media company. Uh, he'll be the president of Valuetainment and have a board seat. He'll sit on the board of directors of the company. He'll own podcasts and other daily or weekly shows. Documentaries and movies covering topics that he cares about will be produced. If he has other ideas, they're all ears. Now, people may say, mm-hmm. well, $100 million, who can afford that? There are, there are billionaires out there, folks, 
who could do that in a heartbeat. I was thinking, heck, even if President Trump wanted to do it, he could do it. He's worth $10 billion. So he could offer a guy like Tucker $100 million and give him a sweetheart deal and and build the network. Now, I haven't seen anything from Valuetainment yet, but we were talking before we started the show. When you have this kind of money, they could buy something that's already existing. Yeah, they could buy CNN. They could buy Fox for all that, uh, <laughs> all you know. Wouldn't they that? could buy, here you go, maybe the banker is Trump, and they could buy TNT. Tucker they, and Trump. Tucker Trump and, and Trump. Tucker. I like that. T Tucker and Trump network. Yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> the TND. <laughs> it would be explosive. Um, but anyway. Really? <laughs> yes. He could end up in a sweetheart deal having much more influence on the political scene than he had when he was over at Fox. You know, if anything happened from him being removed from, from Fox, is it showed the world where Tucker is as far as influence. You now, know? Let me ask you a question. Let's say that uh, Fox comes back and goes, oh, no, 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 compete, no compete. If he is a partial owner or sole uh -huh. proprietor, yeah. you know, in other words, if, but he's an owner, they can't prevent him from owning a business and taking part in his business. Of course. They can technically only keep him off the air. But, I doubt they could even do that. But if you have the kind of money they're talking about here, I'll bet you that they could put a chunk of money together for a legal defense to get him, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to put you on the air tomorrow and any legal challenges that come along, we'll pay for. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And technically when you're on the air now, it's a soundbite for news. That's true. It'll just bring more attention to our network. We'll make more money. I mean, you know, people have to understand that a hundred million dollars is a lot of money to guys like you and me and our listeners, but yeah, it takes me at least a week to make that, <laughs> but you know, they will make it back. The network will make it back like that. It'll, it'll be as fast as that. They will, people will advertise on Tucker's uh, program. Odds are if he's building a new network, He'll get other like-minded people to join him, like uh, maybe Lou Dobbs, maybe Megyn Kelly will go over and have a program. Uh, you might end up having Laura Logan doing a show. And, you know, you don't mm -hmm. have to be in one centralized location anymore to do this. People say, what do you mean? Well, for example, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Tucker has a house in Maine. He has a house in Florida. I know at the house up in Maine... He's got a studio. He's got a beautiful big building just for his program. It's a TV mm -hmm. studio just for his, his program. I don't know whether he owns it or Fox. I would imagine he owns it. It's probably in his deal. Why would mm -hmm. Fox want to, why would Fox want to have it's a studio? It's on his property, so therefore it's his. Yes. And uh, if not, I'm sure he'll buy it. It'll be part of the exit, the exit uh, deal that he works with Fox. Do you think that Fox has regrets about having terminated Tucker? They probably say they don't, but I'm sure they do. You know, it was, look, it was a spur of the moment, you know, thing, and they didn't think it all the way through. And now that's coming back to bite them in the butt. And uh, you know what? They caused it. That's true. They did indeed. I don't know how they can recover from this. People say, well, it's Fox and they recovered from O'Reilly, but... 
they recovered from O'Reilly with Tucker. Yeah. They don't have a Tucker right now. I mean, Jesse Waters is good. I was but just going to say, he's good, and he's trying. He, he really he, is trying. He, yeah, but he doesn't have the experience or he doesn't. The gravitas. Yeah, yeah he, the, that, that, that's it. That's it. That's the word, the gravitas. I, I normally cringe when I hear that term because it was overused for so long, but uh, Jesse doesn't have it. And also, Jesse has, and I know it's part of his persona. Awesomeness. Well, that, and he has kind uh. of a smirk. A constant, yeah. a constant smirk where it looks like he's not taking it seriously all the time. Whereas with Tucker, you always felt that if you were giving an answer and he was looking attentive, he was paying attention to what the uh, the guest was saying, and his and his responses were normally interesting. Uh, they're trying, by the way, to to really mess up his reputation right now. Media Matters, which is a leftist operation, is releasing all mm. of these tapes with the hopes that something will stick and make it look like uh, he's not the guy that the people think he is. But every one of the tapes that they release only fortify the image of Tucker. They only it only makes him look like a, more of a, a regular guy, you know? They, made, they put out yeah. one, I won't play it, uh, and all these tapes, by the way, that they're putting out are from off the air. Now, you're saying, what are you talking about? When they're getting ready to do an interview on t for Tucker's show, uh, they will... You cut up, you do stuff, and well, stuff you, you, you know... You'll, that... you'll connect to the satellite. Let's, yeah. say, let's say he's doing an interview from his studio in Maine. So he'll, they'll connect on an uplink to, to New York, and they have the connection open now. Someone in New York probably is rolling, rolling tape. Or they, we say tape. They're recording what's going on. Right. That is what they're they're using video and audio from off camera, off air conversations, conversations that were made before they went into the actual real on air interview. You know. And you're wondering why they would do something like that. Let me explain something here. In broadcast or anywhere, when you hire somebody like. I worked for a company that was bought up one time by Christian Media. Now, everyone got the boot, and I sat there, and they said, why should we keep you? And I said, and I wanted to keep a job until I had something different, but I sat there. I had no problems working for them. I said, because I know where all the skeletons are buried. You need me more than I need you. And the guy just sat there and looked at me and goes, well, now that you put it that way, let's discuss how much money you want. And so we were able to come to a pretty good lucrative thing at the time, but the point is, I had people that worked there that I kept that didn't believe, have any faith at all. They were atheists, but they sat there. I said, can you do the work that we require, and I can pay you the money you want? And they go, oh, yeah. You cannot discriminate against people for their beliefs or anything. So that being said, with a jump drive, you know, when, you're, when you think you're not on air, and right. even though you know things are rolling, yeah, you have those little off-the-cuff things, but, you know, that's what they're doing. They're taking stuff like that. And, you they, know, it's it's shop talk, and we all do it yeah. well, no matter what side of the fence we're on. It's private conversations. If you heard some of your favorite disc jockeys talking off-air, some of you would be mortified. I mean, you'd you'd be, wow, what a mouth he really has. I mean, I can tell you as a fact, some guys I work with who have had this great wholesome image on the air 
And then, oh, they'd, yeah. then they'd kill the mic, and then be, you know, it would sound like they were. Well, they had, they weren't what you thought they a would potty be. Potty mouth. Yeah, yeah okay, I'm, I'm just... trying to think of a nice way to say it, but there are a lot of them out there. And um, but Tucker was wasn't that way. He actually is still kind of a regular guy, nice guy, had a, a an easy sense of humor, and occasionally uh, he'll let something slip that uh, a lot of people let slide, you know. Uh, but uh, they're trying to make they're trying to to muddy the waters and make it look like Fox is the victim and that Tucker is the villain. And that's not the case, folks. You have to always remember that Fox fired Tucker, that Tucker didn't do anything in his performance that was wrong. He got him ratings. He got him uh, a dignified, uh, he got great guests. I mean, he had Elon Musk about a week before he left. He had uh, President Trump two weeks before he left. I mean, he got great guests for his program. And every mm. night people tuned in because you never knew what to expect next. And right. uh, so he performed his job, and Fox is the one who failed him and failed us. Always remember, Fox, it's not how they treat Tucker. It's how they treat their audience. When they can remove someone who's liked so much by so much of their audience so casually, so easily, remember that's what they think of you and I, not what they think of Tucker. You know, I would encourage anybody that's on the right that happens to work for left-leaning media, go ahead and take the same kind of audio and release it. But then I also know this about the left-leaning media. If they're truly left-leaning, they don't want anybody that has a right slant in their environment, in their world, because even though it's illegal for them to discriminate, they do. Mm -hmm. And they don't want anybody that can sit there and take their words and attack them with it. But they are more than happy to do that to the conservative side. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and attack and sabotage. That's what they do. Look what they did with Hunter Biden. With all of the images and videos they had of him naked and, and having sex with, with hookers and stuff like that and doing uh, cocaine. I, I mean... It's it's all there. It's there. All the media had to do is run with it. And they didn't because they wanted to protect their guy. And if they were true media, they would have been impartial. They would have said, no, we're going to run with it. You Don't think for one second that they would have treated it the same way if it was uh, Eric Trump or Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. They would have gone after him. These They would have torn him apart. So there are double standards big time. I want to play this before we forget. I was thinking that uh -huh. yesterday, yesterday you teased something from a uh, middle schooler in Middleborough, oh, yeah, the young boy yeah. in Middleborough, Massachusetts. He went to school with a T-shirt, and I think the T-shirt said, "There are only two, two genders. genders." Five words. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, I'll let uh, his name is Liam Morrison. We'll let Liam Morrison tell you what happened to him. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you today. I never thought that the shirt I wore to school on March 21st would lead me to speak with you today. On that Tuesday morning, I was taken out of gym class to sit down with two adults for what turned out to be a very uncomfortable talk. I was told that people were complaining about the words on my shirt, that my shirt was making some students feel unsafe. Yes, words on a shirt made people feel unsafe. They told me that I wasn't in trouble, but it sure felt like I was. I told, I was told that I would need to remove my shirt before I could return to class. When I nicely told them that I didn't want to do that, they called my father. 
Thankfully, my dad supported my, my decisions and came to pick me up. What did my shirt say? Five simple words. There are only two genders. Nothing harmful, nothing threatening. Just a statement I believe to be a fact. I have been told that my shirt was targeting a protected class. Who is this protected class? Are their feelings more important than my rights? I don't complain when I see pride flags and diversity posters hung throughout the school. Do you know why? Because others have a right to their beliefs just as I do. No one person, staff, or student told me that they were bothered by what I was wearing. Actually, just the opposite. Several kids told me that they supported my actions and that they wanted one too. I experienced, wait no. I was told that the shirt was a disruption to learning. No one got up and stormed out of class. No one burst into tears. I'm sure I would have noticed if they had. I experienced disruptions to my learning every day. Kids acting out in class are a disruption, yet nothing is done. Why do the rules apply to one, yet not another? I feel like these adults were telling me that it wasn't okay for me to have an opposing view. Their arguments were weak, in my opinion. I didn't go to school that day to hurt feelings or cause trouble. I have learned a lot from this experience. I learned that a lot of other students share my view. I learned that adults don't always do the right thing or make the right decisions. I know that I have a right to wear those five, shirt with those five words. Even at 12 years old, I have my own political opinions and I have a right to express those opinions. Even at school, this right is called the First Amendment to the Constitution. My hope in being here tonight is to bring the school committee's attention to this issue. I hope that you will speak up for the rest of us so we can express ourselves without being pulled out of class. Next time, it may not only be me. There might be more students that decide to speak out. Thank you for your time and good night. You got to love that kid. 12 mm-hmm. years old. 12. 12. 12 years old. Nothing wrong with what he did. You know, now look. I used to remember in school, you couldn't wear shirts that had any kind of insignia on it, you know, that was membership of a club because it it could be any kind of club, you know? So they said no on that. And most people said, okay, that's no problem. But I, I view this as a lot different. I mean, I see kids wearing shirts that are very explicit and blatant and, uh, you know, they're counterculture in, in what they say, Mm -hmm. you know, and yet this kid is just sitting there saying, the shirt is a biological fact. You know, he should get an A in biology for wearing the damn shirt, you know, for the, for the day that he showed up there. Yeah. Hey, you know, that's an extra 100 points for you. Good, good job. You're right. There's only two genders. You can change yourself if you want to, if you feel so inspired to do so. But just remember, you know, 100 million years from now when they dig up your bones, they're going to go, oh, this was a woman. Oh, this How was can a you man. tell? The bone structure. Also, the DNA. Yeah, the DNA, Two the X's. bone structure, the, the hips and everything else. Unless you change everything about it, about you. Well, two X chromosomes is a woman and an XY chromosome is a male, if I remember yeah. my biology correct. And that doesn't change. No, never does. Never will. Now, you know, you might say that you identify. Do you identify or is it just... You like having, I don't know how to, you know, put the words out this way, but maybe you just feel the, you know, you you like presenting yourself different than in a masculine way. Maybe you want to present yourself more feminine. Okay, you know what? Power to you. But you will Uh, always be a guy presenting himself as something else. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Like but, technically, no matter what you do, you're always going to have those genetic genetics we just talked about. Right. You'll have those genetics, but you know th- those genetics don't dictate how you uh, you know how you talk and how you dress. That's up to you. Yeah. You know, uh, the, it, it is. I may not agree with it, but I'm not going to judge you for it because I can sit there and dress like a bum every once in a while. But young well, Liam, young Liam had a right to wear the T-shirt. It said there are only two genders, and mm-hmm. technically. It was a statement of fact, and yeah. he didn't do anything wrong by wearing it to school. And for you know, he said they have they have LGBTQ flags and things like that hanging in school. Someone else is making a statement about something else, you know, sexually. Yep. Uh, why can't he make a statement too? What I also was amazed at. I mean, think about it. Twelve years old, how articulate and poised he was in front of a crowd. You know, yeah, he was doing pretty good. He got lost once in the the speech. I get that. I've done that too. Oh, I get lost um, now. But then again, I'm, uh, I'm I'm older. I get lost. I get lost looking for my keys. You know. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm lost sitting here in this chair, going, "Where am I?" <laughs> looking around, you know. But you know, yeah, you got the LGBTQ flag. You got the colors. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're straight, you know, do you have a flag? Do you have colors? Do you have anything? Or are you just to shut up and keep quiet? And really, the LGBTQ society is, uh, even though they're not as big as you would think that they're being portrayed, you, you they want you to say that you are too, that everybody is. You just don't know it. Uh, I was watching on uh, the Internet before the show started. Yesterday, uh, they stormed the galleries in Texas when they were trying to pass a piece of legislation and they had to send in the state police to uh, clear the gallery, and they ended up arresting a lot of people who were causing trouble. And if you looked at that video, you'd think, boy, we, we, what's going on in our country? But really, that's a microcosm. That's a mm-hmm. small, tiny bit of, uh, of our society that's demonstrating. But they're just being loud about it. They're just being noisy. The louder you are, the more attention you get. And that's what they believe. That's what they do. Conservatives, and I hate to say that, you know, just, you know, isolate you out, but you have to. You have to be more assertive. Yeah. And, you know, you know, projecting what you believe in and what you believe You're is right. right. Uh, you've got to take, you got to take ownership. If you don't take ownership, well, then you see what's going to take over. And I'm not saying you see what's going to take over in a negative way. I'm just saying it is a distortion of reality. Yeah. You know, you've got to sit there and you're the counterbalance. You're the counterweight. You know, start doing your job. I wanted to play something on, on the way out today as opposed to our normal goodbye. Uh, I figured we played this before, maybe uh, a year or so ago. Uh, but this was recorded in 19... 19- 65 by a guy who was a giant in the broadcasting business, Paul Harvey. Now, Mm -hmm. the thing that you have to remember when you're listening to this, like I said, it was 1965. It wasn't today. It was almost like he had a vision about where we were and where we were going, and he put it down on paper and then on, on, on tape. 
my friend, uh, if you want to contact us, you can call us at 833-538-7868. There's mail at itsanotherday.com, and I think you're talking about Paul Harvey there. If I, I remember playing that episode because I think it used to play once a year on the radio, if not twice. Mm-hmm. If I you, used to work at a station. We had Paul Harvey every day at noon. And this is the classic uh, episode called If I Were the Devil. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the so I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flame. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. We're talking about 8-year-olds and 9-year-olds and 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds. He's got over 600 images, gobs of video footage of these children. But you say this does not signal a heinous or egregious child pornography offense. And then you went on to say the defendant was merely trying to satisfy his curiosity. That's somehow a reason to only give him three months. Help me understand this. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want it until I could kill the incentive of the ambitious. I would caution against extremes. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represented extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From Acceleration.com. 
It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>